Good morning. Um, let's pray for a second. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the blessings of Snowbird. We thank you for the youth that have gone. Lord, we ask that you be with them and give them courage as they get ready to speak and let them say what's on their heart. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, First Colossians was probably the, the, the most of the scripture that we heard at Snowbird. And I want to read the first two verses, which is what our opening night was about. It says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know about God better and better. Um, they told us when we first got there that they had prayed for us, for us since they knew our name and since we had sent our registration forms in. And, you know, that just sort of spoke to me. There were 450 kids or so there that weekend or that week with us. And so that's a lot, you know, different people to be praying for. Um, Snowbird was an amazing place. I mean, these kids, these youth, these young adults were great. I mean, um, if y'all don't want them as your kids, you can send them to my house. I'll take every one of them. I love each and every one of them. Um, I want to thank you all for your prayer while we were gone. Thank you for your support and financial support and helping with the youth stews and things like that. And I want to thank you for letting these youth go with us. Um, they were a blessing to me and I'm sure to everyone else. We need to keep Lee um, in our prayers because Lee has done a wonderful job with these kids. I mean, in the six days we were gone, I never raised my voice. I never had to say things more than, what, seven times? Now, that was one of the jokes. They, uh, in one of our breakout sessions, they told us that you don't learn anything until you've heard it or done it seven times. So I made the mistake of telling them that, and they started counting sometimes when I'd tell them to do something. So, so does, does anybody know what the answer to the question is? Jesus. What's the first rule at Snowbird? Don't die. Don't die. That, was the, that was the very first rule. Um, what do you get if you win one of the uh, competitions? <laughs> but it, but it was it was really good. Um, Snowbird leaves a mark on you. It may be a bruise, it may be a scratch, a rash. <laughs> but thank goodness it's healed. Would have, would have given anything for some gold bond while I was up there. Um, that was that. I did all this during our. It's called a a river, a raft down the river, but it's more of a tube drag. It's dragging your tube over the rocks and walking down. Yeah, tube crawl. Um, but snowbird also leaves a mark on your heart. It helps you to grow. It helps you to think. It helps you to realize that we are very lucky to live in America, a place that God is allowed to preach. We heard a lot about missionaries that were gone, and, and there, a, a missionary came and spoke to the, a lot of the people that went to that breakout session. And her husband actually died as a martyr for Jesus um, in Africa, I think it was. The Al-Qaeda killed him. You know, you learn a lot about these kids while they're there. You learn that the boys can adapt. No matter how high the pile of clothes gets in the middle of the floor in the room, They'll go around it, go over it, whatever. They will adapt for whatever's in the room. You know, but you also learn that these kids will get in line 30 minutes early to get the right seat for an hour and a half to two-hour worship service. 
And that was something that really touched me is that, you know, we, I'm looking at my watch and looking at my cell phone, how, much, how long before the next worship service is, and i got to catch up to them because they've already headed towards the coop for the service. And, and that was really special. I watched the quietest of them share on Friday night um, at, the en- at the end of our share time, and that was really special. Um, I watched them care for each other. I watched them love on each other. I watched them never any crosswords. I mean, there was good-natured ribbing and picking, but, but they took care of each other. They treated each other like they were family members. I saw them act as a team. You'll be proud, Teresa, finished second and third in the paintball competition. There were 450 kids there. Um, I got to see their batteries recharged. I got to see them know what it's like to feel God in their presence. I got to see my batteries recharged. I got to help. They helped me so much to recharge my batteries. If you get a chance to spend time and talk to these kids about Snowbird, I hope you will because it is truly a special place to them and it truly is a special place to me. And all of y'all are very special. Thank you. Speaking of marks, I got a bruise about this big on the back of my leg from a corn cob. Um, <laughs> y'all want me to do that? All right. Um, the big kahuna is the guy that's like in charge of Snowbird, I guess. And he spoke to us every morning. He would lead a service. And I thought he made some good points through the week. One of them was um, he said... Good people don't have an eternity with Christ. Safe people have an eternity with Christ. Um, I wrote down, you might be the nicest, most generous person in the world, but if there hasn't been a moment in your life when you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and let him take away your sin, you're not saved. Another thing he said was, one thing that's wrong with the church is no one is sharing their testimony because no one is sure what their testimony actually is. This doesn't mean if you don't have some big sob story about your salvation, you don't have a testimony, but you should remember a time in your life when you asked Jesus to come into your heart, and you should be sharing that with people. Um, Missions is also something really close to the hearts of those at Snowbird, and it's also really close to my heart. Um, Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in all Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice it says you. Put your name in the place of the word you. We are all called to missions. It was the last recorded words of Jesus. Some people might say, well, I don't feel called to go to the ends of the earth to proclaim the name of Jesus. You don't have to have, you don't have to feel a calling. It is a duty of ours, plainly written in the word. Um, Colossians 2 6 says so then just as you received christ jesus as lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness even if you don't have a dramatic story behind your salvation 
Even if you never leave Roxborough with the purpose to share the good news, let your life be your testimony. Let people know the Holy Spirit lives in us and sets us apart. Let your life be the illustration of how thankful we are for everything Christ went through just for you and me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to go to Snowbird and experience Jesus' work in my life. First of all, I'd like to say about uh, how much the video doesn't do justice of how much we studied and learned through worship services and breakout sessions throughout the week because really it was so much to learn and so much to talk about we couldn't take pictures or videos of it because we were so focused on it. So one of the things I'd like to share is expanding on something Paige said about Colossians 2, 6, and 7 that the big kahuna taught on one morning. I'll read it again. It says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. This means that if you're saved, you need to keep the fire that you had when you first got saved. Usually, most people, including myself, have gotten saved and then over the years, lose a little bit of the fire that we had when we first received Christ. But we have to regain that fire and continue fueling that fire throughout our lives. And then the next verse says, Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. The first part, it says, Rooted and built up in Him. This is how we need to grow every day. We can't, to keep that fire, we can't just sit around and do anything. If we don't fuel ourselves every day, then we're not going to be able to keep the fire burning. And then the second part is strengthened in the faith as we were taught. If you think back when you first got saved, if you have been saved, you were taught to um, continue learning. And a lot of us, including myself, for a period of time, got saved and didn't continue learning anything. We were just like, okay, here I am, just sitting here. We need to continue being strengthened and taught in the faith as we were taught to do when we first got saved. And the last part says, and overflowing with thankfulness. This is, this is really cool because how many of us are not overflowing with thankfulness in everything that we do. We're just sitting around. We'll get upset at little piddly things and how we need to be overflowing with thankfulness when the air condition goes out in our Sunday school classroom. <laughs> we need to be glad that we still have the building. And um, we need to do it constantly, be overflowing with thankfulness constantly and with sincerity. We need to be sincere when we are thankful, like some, like you can say you're thankful, but not, you're not really. You have to be sincere about everything you do and about your walk with Christ. Thank you.
Good job. Um, well, we went to Snowbird, and I went over there, and I really didn't think that I was going to learn much, just because everybody told me that it was a camp that we went over there and just had fun, and that's what I was what uh, I was expecting. But when we went down there, I mean, they preached the right things, they told us the right stuff, and the stuff that they told us, it really stuck to us. I mean, I can't think of anything, really, that is the same about me that I was before I went to camp and I don't know I really enjoyed it and I would go a thousand more times if I could Hey I'm Carly and this week was amazing we river to slash walked duckied and rafted they had amazing services and preachers Everything was great and also much fun, but what touched me was on Friday. We were singing, and I raised my arms, and I surrendered to Christ. That night, the altar was open, but I was scared to go up there alone with just Christ. So I stood in my seat, and I prayed to the Lord as King for a sign, asking him if I was ready to get saved. Once we all left there, I went to the cabinet, and everybody else went to the snack shack just to hang out and have a good time. Once I got to the cabin, I got on my bed, and I cried, and I cried. While I was crying, my sister Delana came in the room to be with me. She came to be with me instead of being with her friends. She got on my bed with me, and she talked to me. Before she left, she prayed for me, and I said, and said it was okay to be scared. She asked to God to give me strength. A few minutes later, Tina Morris came in and did the same thing. She prayed for me and said the same thing. It was okay to be scared. She asked for Christ to give me strength. I've been stubborn with Tina and Elena, and I didn't tell either one I was scared. But Christ was with them, telling them what to say. I believe that they were Christ's signs, telling me it was time and that I was ready to commit my life to God. That night I laid in my bed by myself, and I surrendered to Christ. Now my sins are on the cross, and they are forgiven by Christ. Um, just to um, prove to y'all how much God worked through all of us, I don't think any of that would happen. I almost didn't go to the cabin. Um, I, I started to walk down to the snack shack, and I caught a glimpse of Carly going that way. And only God knows why I went to follow her. Um, I really think it was an act of him. And um, just through camp, I, it was a reminder to me that God sent his only son, and he died for us. I mean, And he, he died for all of our sins. And how we tend to forget and put aside and we become numb to the fact uh, what he did for us. And it just, rem it was a good reminder for me. And there was a whole lot more, but a lot of the people talked. And since y'all don't know, the guy on the end is my cousin Jonathan. Y'all don't know him. Just wanted to make sure y'all knew him.
All I can really say about camp is it was just it was an amazing experience. Just how much fun we had while we were worshiping. Like we didn't just have fun with the games and paintball and all that kind of stuff. We had an amazing time worshiping God. It was just you could feel God there. It was just so much fun and so much emotion in a building while we worship. And that's just it was just amazing being there and getting to witness that and I would go back anytime I get a chance just to have that experience again. What infant in influenced me the most at camp was the plays and acts that they had. It really influenced me a lot. Um, I'd like to say thank you to everyone for your support, prayers. It was a great camp, and thank you all. Hey. <laughs> well, what I um what really spoke to me at camp was um the Kahuna like in the morning services. The first two days he was talking about selfish selfishness, and like we need to. Just follow Christ, and we need to love him more than our parents, siblings, friends, even ourselves, and just um, follow him. great week at camp um minus a few mishaps here and there you know um it was my first experience as a chaperone and no one died that was really excited (laughs) it was really a blessing and it was really awesome to watch all of the youth grow closer together and learn about christ throughout the week um it was as much for me as it was for the youth I heard things that I'd never heard or read or been taught before, and I've been in church my whole entire life. My biggest conviction of the week was the realization of how much the gospel and what God says become sugar-coated in hopes of not being offensive. But we are commanded to tell the truth, and we are commanded to live by the truth, not a watered-down variation of it. Thank you for your support and prayers throughout the week. They are much needed, especially after falling into the river and the spiders on steroids. Um, (laughs) God really spoke to me and used every situation. Um, When I flipped out into the river, saw my life flash before my eyes, he reminded me that, hey, hey, I'm in control always. You might think you are, but I am. Um, When you're in 50-degree water being pushed and pulled and hitting rocks and you can't do anything about it, you just have to let it take you where it's going to, it's really humbling and a great reminder of how much we really need Jesus. When we have been saved, God looks down from heaven and he does not see us. He does not see our ugly sin. He sees the blood of his son. Hey guys. 
I'm going to do something just as dangerous as what I've done all week, and that's go off notes because <laughs> that's dangerous for me. First, I want to thank Stan Harris. I don't know if he's here today or not, but he came home from Myrtle Beach to take us to camp. It wasn't anywhere in his agenda. He was sitting by the pool when he got the phone call. Anybody else out here say they do that? That's amazing to me. That's how our week started. Um, also, um, almost everything I wrote down this morning, these guys said. So it's a good thing that it takes seven to nine times for you to hear it so you'll remember it because you've heard it a couple times over and over again. Um, to Carly, I love you. And it wasn't just me and Delana. It was a several other women in this room right here praying for me to be what I was supposed to be. When you got up there and said your thing, it reminded me of a text I got from a friend. And I took a picture of it to take it with me. But it said that, um, email me anytime you need to blow off steam or tell me how you have helped a young person through your love for the Lord because I know it's going to happen. They had confidence in me going, even though I didn't have confidence to go myself. I didn't want to go. I wish I could tell you guys that camp was a fun place. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that I loved it. I didn't. It was dirty. It was hot. Y'all saw that spider. It was huge. What you don't know is Paige tried to kill it for me because I wasn't woman enough to kill it. I wasn't tall enough either in my defense. <laughs> But when she smacked it, it fell into my suitcase. <laughs> when you go to slinging your underclothes out of a suitcase, you go alone. <laughs> Nobody will help you. I had to get the spider out of my suitcase. I didn't kill it. I threw it outside. It was too big to squash. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Um, I wanted to start off by reading Deuteronomy 6. Um, for the sake of time, I'll just read the last part of it. It says, write the, well, the last part of what I had chosen to, to read. It says, write these commands that I give you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you go. Sit at your home. Walk on the streets. Talk with them from, time, from the time you get up in the morning till you fall into bed at night. And we fell into bed at night after midnight. It's tough. Um... <laughs> And poor boys, they got a 5.30 wake-up call if they wanted to go walking. Um, tie them on your hands. Put them on your forehead as a reminder. Inscribe them on your doorposts, on your homes, and in your city gates. And this week, we all got one of these. When we first got there, they gave us our snowband wristbands, and we wore it. Tied around our wrists all week. This was our meal ticket. It was our access pass to recreation. It was our interest ticket to worship. It was what others used to recognize that we belong to the camp. It sort of sanctified us, which is God's terms for setting us apart. All week long, we were set apart. No cell phones. I did have mine. I was a chaperone. I was allowed to keep mine. Our group didn't have cell phones. There were other campers that did, and our kids noticed that. One of them said to me, why did they bring them? They didn't need them. I never once needed my phone this week. I had a ball without it. Now, once they got home, they probably like, ooh. But, I mean, they were pleased and excited with the things that they did have. The thing that spoke to me the most was the first day. It was the first thing that I wrote in my journal. Um, and it was at the chaperone, or chaperone youth, youth leader meeting. And the guy said, 
What if, we, what if they are picking up everything we give them, but what we're giving them is a shallow gospel? So I'm glad Andy said what she did. She's been to church all her life, but she heard things this week she'd never heard. I heard things I had never heard. I saw things in scripture I'd never seen. Um, and that haunted me all week. Suppose we actually aren't giving them what they need. He brought out the fact that 75% of students draw their Christian beliefs from their parents. That's three quarters of these guys. Their biggest belief system comes from their parents. They don't have parents who are doing what it says up there in Deuteronomy 6 and talking to their children. That's what they're learning. Parents have to live out their beliefs. They have to write them in their own hearts first. They have to find that confidence. They talked about confidence to us so much. They have to have that confidence so they can teach it to their children. They get that confidence from reading their own Bible. When we shared Friday night, the last night, every single one of our kids said they wanted to read their Bible more. Hold them accountable, mamas, daddies, grandmas, granddaddies. Hold them accountable because they said they wanted to do it. Read it with them. That's our job. Youth ministers, Sunday school teachers, they're resources. It's our job. The first meeting really did stare at my heart. Um, the first one, the one that I think Jesse also spoke about um, when they were talking about um, Colossians 1 and Stan read the beginning of it. But one thing Kahuna brought out was that um, Paul wrote this letter from prison and he wrote it to people he'd never met. So if you don't have a child up here, if you don't have a student up here, if you don't have a grandchild up here, that doesn't let you off the hook. Paul was praying for people he didn't know. We know each other. Pray for these kids. Ask them how their week at camp went. If they show you their bruise or their river rash, ask them also, what did what Jesus teach you? How did he change your heart? Listen to their stories. They're funny. These kids are funny. They're awesome. And Stan is right. We did not have to raise our voice to these kids. We didn't have to say anything more than seven times. <laughs> they got it. Use that if nothing else works at home. Um, y'all want to get comfortable? I'm just kidding. Um, y'all sent a Bible nerd to youth camp. I spent three days trying to figure out what I wanted to say. I took this journal with me. I had used two pages. I filled it up and had to start writing on the back cover. That's the kind of worship we've been in this week. Yeah, we rafted. We crawled creeks. Before Andy could fall out of her raft, I was saved by someone. I was literally pulled out of the river by a gentleman named Josh, and I wouldn't get back on the boat. The man had to pick me up. The owner of the company had to pick me up on the side of the street because I wouldn't get back out there. My son said, you're chicken. That water wasn't that cold. Thanks, son. Forget that I almost died. I almost broke rule number one. Um, but we did have fun. But these kids learned. I went to 15 worship sessions and classes while I was there. 15, guys. It's not all about the fun stuff you saw. Mackenzie's right. That, that video doesn't do justice to what we learned this week. These kids, they go to school. Look at their textbooks. You see what they learn? Can you do their homework? We need to challenge them more with the gospel, the way the school challenges their minds with the things of the world. Because if we don't, 
the world will have them. The other statistic that I wrote down in my journal said that only 20% of youth active in church today will still be active at age 29. 20% of these guys right here are, by statistics, supposed to make it to age 29 in the church. That's staggering, guys. That is our fault. That's our responsibility. And the last thing I'm going to share is um, the, the whole fact of if you're not confident in your faith. It says here that if the three things that happen when you're not confident with your own faith, number one, you can't share your faith. Number two, you can't grow in your faith. And number three, you cannot produce any fruit. When I wrote these notes, I was so tired. I was making silly jokes. I thought you cannot produce any produce. That's how tired I am, guys. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we, all of us, it's not just about the youth. We've got to be confident in Christ because if we're not confident in Christ, we can't share the gospel, even with our own friends, even with our own family. Again, I want to thank all of y'all for supporting us in prayers. Um, a couple folks asked me about my tattoo. I got me a tattoo while I was gone. It's not real. Don't worry. Don't throw me out of the church. Um, it says no sanity required. And like I told the kids this morning, there's a reason your sanity is not required. Because if you take it with you to camp, you will lose it and you will never get it back. So, And the other thing I'd like to mention, um, I realized this morning that our counselors, they were crazy. They were crazy. I mean, they were beating each other up. They were drop kicking people. They did some silly, strange stuff. But this morning I realized why they did all that silly, strange stuff. Because it says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If they wouldn't have acted a plum fool all week long, by Wednesday we would have been grumpy and our tiredness would have been showing. But they kept us alive with their silliness. So when you see that kind of thing and think, oh, that's just for the youth. They were using scripture even in our entertaining us because they knew that we had to be in a place where we could worship them. So, again, thank you. And definitely, as Stan said, speak to these kids. Appreciate these kids. But more than anything, teach these kids.